Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. I'm your host, Maddie Collins, editor of HR Daily Advisor. HR Work Break takes a quick but close look at everything human resources. For any HR professional, it's a must listen. I hope you learned something new, take some advice to heart, or simply stay abreast today's trending topics. Now, it's time for a work break. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to HR Work Break. Today, I'm joined by Karen Leal, Performance Specialist at Insperity. Insperity specializes in providing human resources and business solutions that have helped America's best companies prosper for 30 years. Karen, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. So today we're going to focus on the differences between managers and leaders. So that is my first question for you. What are the key differences between the two? The key differences are managers really are charged with more tactical things. Their responsibilities are really managing work, managing tasks getting done, managing that policies are being followed and that type of thing. But leaders really are driving toward a vision, right? They're communicating to, you know, the people part of it of this is where we're going and why we're going there and even how we're going there. And then the managers, you know, they make sure that those things are happening. Yeah. Do you think that you can be both a manager and a leader? Like they're not mutually exclusive of each other? I agree that you can be both, right? Or you can be one or the other. And so I think that it's important that we're having this conversation because I've had many a conversation with leaders that use the word manager and leader interchangeably, but they are very different functions. People have a different affinity for aptitudes and things like that. And so some people are really good at managing work and they're maybe not inclined to really look up and see where the vision is. I always think of managers are looking down at the work. They're very focused on the details and, you know, those things in front of them. But a leader, you know, they have to look up and really zoom out their sight line, I guess, you know, and and see a broader objective and strategy beyond the details of what we're doing right at this moment. And so you can toggle between those two, or you can keep that vision in mind while you're focused on some of the details and so forth. So I don't think that they're exclusive of each other by any means. So yes, you can you can go between or be strong in one and not the other. It's like running and swimming use similar muscles, but that mm-hmm. doesn't guarantee that you're going to be good at both or that you have to be good at both. Right, right. I mean, a big part of it is your heart in it, you know, and I Mm. think that for leadership, when I'm working with new leaders, they're expressing interest in, in evolving as a leader. One of the main starting points is where is their heart in all of this? Because you really have to have that servant leadership heart to want to serve people, help people, not just being motivated to accomplish things, but really care about the people along the way that are going to help you accomplish those things for sure. Yeah. And you mentioned servant leadership. Do you think that is like one of the most productive or popular leadership styles right now? Or do you think that there are other um, techniques and approaches people can take that might better suit their situation or their coworkers or their company? Yeah, and I don't think that there's a one-size-fits-all for that. You know, Maddie, leadership is something that is their identity in that, you know. So whatever is genuine, that's what's probably going to be the most effective style for them because people trust their leader when they feel like they're authentic and genuine. So it's, it's not going to be a success factor to try and be something that you're not. 
certainly we can all evolve and grow and learn, you know, and take on different things. So I usually advise leaders when they're trying to develop their sense of identity and what their leadership style is to be an open learner, take in a lot of information and see what resonates with you and really develop that and take it on to your own styles. So certainly I think servant leadership is a successful model or approach, but that's not the only right way. I think when you have genuine care and concern for the people that you're working with and leading, that's an essential thing. Um, and then you just kind of go from there and developing what's a good fit for you, too, as a leader. That's really good advice. Even if people like might have affinity for one style, like a just a natural awareness. You mentioned training and training can play a huge role in, mm-hmm. in developing leaders and managers. Mm-hmm. So what type of training do you in general recommend for both? Well, training is important, but it's not a magic solution. Training is usually an information exchange. We're learning something and maybe even getting an opportunity to practice within that safe training learning environment. But there's a lot that has to happen before and after training for it to be successful. And so to set it up for success, there needs to be some really clear expectations about what the training's for and what we hope to get out of it. And is the training aligned with what we're trying to do here? Then the after is once somebody has gone through training, and let's say it's leadership development, they're getting more exposure to those competencies and skills that are generally universal in success factors for good leaders. Then after, do they have opportunities to practice that? Do they have clarity around how to leverage this and how it's going to support their growth? So there has to be that context and that environment that facilitates that growth. Otherwise, training is just living within that box that experience happened, but it doesn't really drive the development beyond that moment. Like I know it'll depend based on what sort of training you're doing and what sort of environment you're operating in, but do you have Mm -hmm. any advice for how to immediately implement things you've learned, be it from observing other leaders or in a formal training environment? Sure. So there are things like we mentioned communication. One of the reasons why it's that low-hanging fruit is because it's relevant for anybody in any role within an organization. Communication is our fundamental tool of getting things done and, and working with others and so forth. So we definitely have opportunities to practice that skill. And, you know, it's important that we practice whatever skill we want to get good at, right? So the more we can do that, the more we can really sharpen that saw and become better communicators and A better communicator does lead to a better leader. I see leaders that struggle a lot of times because of a deficit in their communication skills. Definitely, I think that's something that anybody can do. We have the opportunity to do it. Any role it's relevant for and, you know, there's unlimited really opportunities to continue communicating on a regular basis. Definitely. So with communication being a common issue within um, Mm -hmm. management and leadership, is there anything else that you think needs specific attention in today's day and age, especially with a lot of companies operating in a hybrid or virtual environment? As we mentioned before, that relationship piece is really important. I would say both managers and leaders need to have that awareness that they are in the relationship business. They cannot accomplish things without, you know, really leaning on those relationships. So that does take effort. You know, relationships run on effort. So we feel as employees valued based on the amount of effort our managers and leaders pour into us. And so that's really important is to develop those people skills. 
Sometimes leaders come to me and they want to get better at a lot of decision making and time management and those kinds of things that are about controlling things. But, you know, if they can really look at the people side of it, that's where a lot of the success has really come from are the relationships that they've built is people saying, how would you describe that leader? Well, they made me feel seen and important and they got to know me and I felt valued because they were taking the time to invest in me. We seldom hear like, oh, it's because they're really good at, you know, time management or something like that. It's like, yeah, that goes with it. But what really is an impact to us as humans is, you know, the investment that somebody takes into building that relationship with us. For leadership, it's no different. It's that people component is just so important. Some of the other tactical things, those are easy. You know, those can kind of come along the way with experience. But it's really that genuine care and concern for people that's going to elevate that leadership. Yeah. I've experienced that firsthand, just the clear difference between a superior who genuinely cares about you as a person and another one who's like, yeah, I'm just here to sign your paycheck. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, we feel it, right? We feel it in the interactions that we have. We can feel it in how they go about communicating with us. We get a sensibility around, you know, does that person care about us? And, you know, if we do feel that we are cared about, we typically are more committed We're going into that discretionary effort that we have to pour back into somebody that's investing into us. So there is a lot of uptick in productivity and satisfaction and engagement that we see when leaders are taking the time to really care about their people. And, you know, it's not just a one thing of how much work can you produce, but it's that we see you and we care about you as a human as well. And even more so now, as you mentioned, that virtual dynamic that comes into play, it's more important that we're intentional about how we make those connections and foster that sense of belonging across different team members. That's really true. And this is pivoting a little bit. People have complained about their managers since like managers were invented, (laughs) basically. But there's this huge trend online called corporate villain TikTok, where (laughs) a lot of people take to social media to kind of complain about everything that their manager or their company is doing wrong. But on the flip side, there are plenty of people who also are on TikTok highlighting strong leadership and management that's made a difference within their own careers. So Mm -hmm. why do you think that people have such a vastly different experience with leadership? You mentioned earlier that people conflate the two words, even though they're Mm -hmm. very different positions. What do you think Mm -hmm. about it? Yeah, that could be part of it where it depends on what their expectations are, right? If they're expecting leadership qualities from somebody that's a very manager-focused function, they may not be getting what they want out of that interaction. You know, there's different aptitudes. But then also we have to look through the lens of with social media, we tend to see the extreme ends of things. So, you know, we see the really good and we see the really bad, and that seems to get a lot of attention. But leadership is across a spectrum. There's different levels of expertise. There's different levels of success. There's different levels of commitment as well, you know, and that's why, as I mentioned earlier, the starting point is your heart in it, because sometimes we see that people are just promoted into different positions just because, okay, you were maybe our best performer at this role, so we're going to promote you to the manager of that team. Well, it's a different set of skills to be successful in that new role. Sometimes you don't realize that until you're in it, and sometimes organizations don't realize that until they've promoted somebody, and they're like, what happened? They were so great at what they did before. 
not really seeing that, okay, we didn't necessarily set them up for success by giving them this promotion. We didn't take the time to make sure that they had the willingness to be in leadership and, and the skills to be in that as well. So I think sometimes that's where that gap comes. We put people in roles that they're not yet necessarily fully equipped to be successful in. And that's why it's so important that leadership development happens before they're in the leadership role and then continues after some of those foundational things have been established. We're always growing, right? We're always learning and developing. So that's a never-ending thing. But I think that sometimes that promotion is a little bit ahead of the skill set. And then that's when employees feel that gap, right? I mean, who are they serving? That's who's going to be able to say, hey, this isn't working for me. So with that, have you ever personally experienced issues with a superior or in in general, do you have any advice on how to handle it when your boss might not be equipped to be a leader yet or you need a leader who provides more support, for example? Throughout my career, I've had across the spectrum of leaders. I remember very early on in my career, I had a manager who I would just describe as she was mean. You know, she just wasn't supportive, was just kind of retaliatory. And, you know, this was long, long ago. And so now we talk about those things a little bit more openly in the workplace and talk about retaliation or bullying in the workplace and things like that, because power does different things to different people. And I feel like she just exerted her power in a reckless way that's not really in line with honoring the spirit of what that authority should look like. But, you know, my advice is that you can only control you, right? And so just have a clear understanding of what it is that you can do in your position to be successful, right? And to also be an informal leader in that role and try and maybe, you know, be an influencer upward to your manager or supervisor or whatever that looks like to create some positivity in that work environment or that situation. Because They may respond differently when we're communicating in a certain way as well. So I would say, you know, know that you're not powerless, but look at what are the things that you can do that might be able to improve the situation. And sometimes open communication solves a lot of problems, right? There might be assumptions being made or misunderstandings or other things like that. Oftentimes, it's just a healthy, transparent conversation can soothe a lot of things. That makes a lot of sense. And I feel like that's a good window for HR to step in, for example. Like Mm -hmm. people who deal with people are hopefully good Mm -hmm. (laughs) at handling sort of miscommunication situations. Right. And I mean, they happen to all of us. I usually when I'm doing communication workshops, I say, you know, communication is probably one of the most high risk behaviors we engage in at work, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's such a risk of miscommunication and miscommunication leads to all kinds of other things like wasted time and inefficiencies and conflict and all of that. So any time that we take to really try and be on the same page with communication, I think is well worth the effort and has a lot of positive outcomes. Yeah. I feel like anytime you put in effort with good intentions, usually there's going to be at least one silver lining. Sure, absolutely. And that's why relationships are important because we then know, oh, you know what? I know Maddie and I know her intentions. So even if you said something that hurt my feelings, it would be easier for me to extend grace because I know you. I have that relationship that's been established, you know, so that helps with a lot of communication as well as just getting to know people and thinking the best of them because we get to know what their motives are and what their spirit is behind things. And and usually it's good. 
I think that that then helps us be productive in our relationships at work as well. It definitely does. So since this podcast airs on Fridays, I'm curious as to what you're looking forward to this weekend. Well, I was just coming off of spring break and everything, so I had some vacation time, but I always enjoy kind of recalibrating on my time off, you know, being able to spend time with family, and I'm a big, like, DIYer, so I'm doing different home projects and things, so I feel like I always have a to-do list that I have going into the weekend, so Mm -hmm. I'm just looking forward to being able to cross some things off of that list this weekend and just get that satisfaction of I accomplished that this weekend. I totally feel that. My parents are also huge DIY home renovation (laughs) things, and Mm -hmm. my boss is in the process of renovating his closet at home. So I always love hearing about these kind of things. Yeah, (laughs) it's life-changing. I mean, an organized space to me is life-changing. So that helps in every other area of your life. I feel like when we can have that organized space, it clears our mind as well. So I think that's why I find it so gratifying. Oh my gosh, same. Like, I remember as a teenager, I hated to realize that when my room was clean, I was in a better mood. I was like, <laughs> how, how dare my parents be right? What's going on? <laughs> yes, I have kids and I fight that battle myself. I'm like, oh, I know what I'm talking about. But yeah, that's what my weekend holds is just some nice productivity on the home base. I hope you're able to get enough done without burning yourself out, but also still feeling accomplished at the end of it. Yeah, that's the important part is the recovery after all of the stress and all of that is then when you open that closet or you open that organized drawer, it's like uh, the Zen feeling. That's the reward that definitely makes it all worth it. Yeah. Karen, thank you again so much for joining me. It's really been a pleasure to speak with you today. Likewise. Thank you for having me. I love talking about leadership and management. And so it's been really a delight. Yeah, it has been for me, too. Again, I'm Maddie Collins, and thank you for listening. Join us next Friday or whenever you need a work break.